Friday. It's been a long week. If it's been uh, for you the same as it has been for me, uh, you've put in the work, uh, you've grinded, uh, you have got some things done. Uh, what I want to talk to you about uh, is very important, and it is an observation that I uh, discovered um sometime and i've been keeping up with it and i just want to talk to you about it uh i want to bless you um as much as i possibly can and encourage you but here's something that i noticed as a business owner who does a lot of uh my promoting and um you know work actually online I pay attention to uh, a great deal of metrics and analytic data because it is how I measure uh, my success with my businesses and organizations online. It allows me to determine uh, how people respond to what I'm doing, what I need to do differently, and so much more. It's an extremely important part of uh, the marketing and branding process, but it also helps you uh, become more efficient in your efforts and the work that you do. Well, in observing this data, one thing that I have observed and, and I'm actually uh, quite certain of is that we have developed a taste for suffering and we enjoy viewing, reading, and hearing about trauma and negativity far more than we enjoy being uplifted and empowered. Now, the initial response to this is going to be, that's not true. That can't possibly be true. We love positive engagement. We watch this. We listen to this. This is what I can tell you. And I'm not just observing my content and the work I do. I'm observing content in general. I'm observing when you go to, and I'm speaking to a specific collective and group. Uh, so if you don't belong to this specific collective and group, it probably is, you know, not the video for you. I'm speaking to my people, but I'm not just speaking from a sense of let's talk about the black struggle. I'm talking about black life. I'm talking about living as an individual. I'm talking about being a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, um, a mentor, a business owner, all of those things that we still have to be in this world while we fight for uh, equal assets, why we fight for so many other things. And that's why I put so much emphasis on providing content for my people that empower them and direct them and uh, bring balance to all the negativity that we see and we, about ourselves. Uh, what I can tell you is that you go to any streaming service and look at the content mm -hmm. that they have set up as the primary uh, promoted streams and they don't represent us well. It's either trauma prone or it degrades or berates one individual or another within the race. It's either attack or, or degrading of the black woman or attack of degrading of the black man, a feminization of the black man, a criminalization of the black man, uh, 
uh, a weakening of the black woman's resolve, a, a bunch of other different things. Um, you know, it's it, it's very rarely a positive, uh, functional, healthy family involved. It's always uh, something that doesn't represent who we are as a collective and where we're headed. And yet that's what they do. And they're not doing it because they're pushing it on us. They're doing it because we're demanding it. We flock to it. We run to it. Uh, we look at it. I can tell you, I've been running uh, some test analytics on a number of my YouTube channels, on a number of my Twitter accounts, um, and for different different businesses. But those that are specifically specified for the Black Collective and uh, Facebook as well. And here's what I can tell you. Uh, I decided a while ago, because I spent a lot of time on these particular platforms, talking about issues that plague the black community. And what I decided to do was I'm going to put, um, I'm going to put um, more positive stuff. So I just said for the next few weeks, I'm going to do a five to one ratio for every video that I put up that's talking about something negative, even though it's real. I don't make up stuff. I'm, I'm not a cry wolf person. I'm also not a complainer in a while. And if I'm talking about it, I'm talking about how we're going to address it, how we're going to deal with it. I am about solutions. So even when I'm talking about something negative, it's never about whining and complaining about it. But here's what I can tell you. So I said for everything that's on a negative topic or something that's oppressive, something that's about black struggle, black suffering. I'm going to put up five positive videos. So for every one negative, five positives. Let me tell you what happened. Viewership dropped. Subscribership came to a halt. I mean, literally, it just hovered there. It's like, okay, nothing that I'm putting up is actually drawing people from the positives. The five positives get probably 18% viewership compared to the look at all the hells breaking loose in the black community, that thing. Okay. So I set up and said, okay, maybe it's just me. So I did it again. Same thing. Then I did this. I put up less than 13 hours ago, a video that had to do with two 14 year olds being murdered. Uh, in the same day, two different cities, two different stories, not connected. And they were murdered by minors. And uh, or at least one of them, we know for sure one was. And we know that more than likely the other one was as well. And I talked about, you know, with our, our kids are killing one another. Number one video in the last three weeks. Subscribership took off. People literally came because of that video, because it stopped subscribership was sitting still. Nothing else was posted that drew the subscribership. That video has gotten more views in 13 hours than any of the five videos together combined over the last week and a half. That's an addiction to trauma porn. That's an addiction to this is what I identify with. You move to what you identify with, whether you agree with it, whether it's something you like that's happening, you've identified with it, you've plugged into it. But that's the truth. That bothers me. Because here's the thing. 
despite the fact that we're black and we're struggling and we're going through things, we still have to live. We still have to survive. We still have to thrive. And the thing is, we have something inside of us that is immensely powerful. We've proven through our resilience that we can do exceptional and extraordinary things. But what we get caught up in is what they tell us about ourselves. What we get caught up in is the fact that we are not accepted. What we get caught up in is we feel some kind of way about this. Our emotions drive us. And so every time somebody says racism, we run to it. We ready to throw blows. We ready to go The best way that you fight racism is by developing a level of independence and autonomy through becoming individuals that are growing and becoming better as a part of a collective than sitting around whining, complaining, grabbing signs, going up, running down the street. We've been marching for 60 plus years. All of this stuff I'm trying to get you to understand is the best way to empower yourself is be becoming a better version of yourself. And then you become less vulnerable to the machinations and the schemes of people on the outside that are trying to take advantage of you. You cannot defend yourself without having a position or a, a place of power. I share these videos with you because I want you to rise as an individual, because as a stronger individual, you make the collective stronger. Yes, we need to deal with uh, mass incarceration. Yes, we need to deal with poverty in the black community. Yes, we need to deal with gentrification. Yes, we need to deal with miseducation. And I write about that in my books. But if you read my books, you will find out that in those books, it's about solution. I'm going to point the problem out. But then I'm going to say, this is what we need to do. This isn't about whining and complaining. Oh, look, man, these people just dogged us. This isn't about begging for a bone from the table. This isn't about sitting up and saying, hey, look, please do this for us. Please do. That never works. You will never be respected as a beggar. You will never be respected as a victim. You will never be respected as a complainer. What will be respected is those who step up and pull themselves together and go forward despite the things they face because you don't control how someone deals with you with the the exception of becoming so forceful in the way you live your life that it's no longer comfortable for them to do it. It's no longer uh, expedient for them to do it. They're no longer a benefit of them attempting to do it. It becomes more of a problem for them to try to do it. That's how you protect yourself. That's how you inoculate yourself from all the things we love to jump online and complain about. They trigger us just by saying racism. They choose what stories they're going to highlight in the media because they know it will trigger us. They talk about things. They highly racialize it because everything is about race, but they highly racialize it because they know we're sensitive to it. So then there we go. You say it's a black issue and they going for it. Well, the thing is, at the edge, at the end of the day, I love you and I hope that you appreciate the work I do. But at the end of the day, I have a responsibility first and foremost to myself. At the end of the day, I have a responsibility to my wife and my family. So what has to happen is regardless of what's going on with the collective, I've got to be able to do something. I've got to be able to make some things happen. I got to be able to stand strong and fight for my family, whether whether it's going good today or not. I got to get up. I got to make it happen. I got to figure it out. I got to take the bumps and the bruises and I got to grow. That's a process. That's a personal process. That's a process nobody else can walk out for me. I don't care how many other black people it is in the world. Those people can't walk that out for me. Now, they can be a support system, 
they can sit up and see, well, okay, man, he's really going through it right now. Let's go over and pick him up. But at the end of the day, I've got to answer the bell. That's why I give you the positive stuff, because at the end of the day, you've got to answer the bell. You are the responsibility. You have a responsibility to yourself. You have a responsibility to yourself. What am I getting at? We can't be so consumed with the black struggle that we lose uh, sight of individual responsibility. We can't be so consumed into the point that we can be played emotionally, that we can be triggered emotionally. Dems have been doing that to us forever. They're racist. Well, I mean, looking at your policies and the things that you're doing, you're not helping either. We're not denying their racism. We're just saying yours is a little more subtle and different, and you're real deceptive with it. You 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 rubber smooth on the back, but eventually you put a knife in it. It happens every freaking time, and then you turn around and talk smooth to us again, and we buy into it. The bottom line is no one's responsible for our um, progression. No one's responsible for our independence, our liberation and our empowerment, but us. And the way that we get there isn't by sitting up and whining and complaining in large groups. What we need to do is, first of all, strengthen ourselves individually, become a better version of ourselves. Once we become a better version of ourselves, then what we must do is turn around and then empower others. And, and be a positive force in the lives of others. But what we cannot do is sit around and become uh, addicted to suffering, addicted to trauma porn. Uh, I mean, the, the gravitation. And like I said, I, I conducted the the, uh, the, the uh, observation uh, multiple times. And I've observed it uh, in an uncontrolled sense for a while. I mean, years. And it amazes me that we don't understand with all that we've been given uh, by some immensely powerful and great minds that we don't understand that when we do that, we're literally weakening ourselves. Do you need to be aware of the problem? Yes. But you need to be focused on the solution. How do you focus on the solution? You focus on the solution by determining what needs to be done. And if you don't have the capacity, you develop it. That's what anything in life, no matter what you want to do, if you want to improve your financial situation, if you want to improve your marriage, if you want to improve uh, whatever you're doing in business, what you have to do is determine where it is you want to be and look at where you're at and determine what has to be done to get there. It's called growth. It's called intentional growth. Every last one of us need to be growing intentionally as individuals so that when we operate as a collective, we operate with more force and more power. We're not going to get people who benefit from our oppression to relieve us of it. And we're not going to get anywhere by gathering around and going in. Yes, I will continue to post these hot topics um, that need to be discussed because they do. They need to be teaching points. They need to be uh, origins of motivation, uh, but they do not be need to be the focal point of how we see ourselves. We cannot identify with our struggle to the point that we engage and embrace 
suffering as our lot in life, poverty as our lot in life, uh, third-class citizens as our lot in life. We don't get that by begging. We get that by becoming something better than what we are. That's what my mission is. My mission is to inspire people on an individual level so we perform well on a collective level. And I just had to talk about this. We are so much better than we are in the sense of capacity and potential. The problem is you, your potential is just that until you tap into it, it's potential. It, do, it doesn't become reality until you tap into it, until you decide I'm gonna do something different, until you decide I'm going to raise up and I'm gonna do something uh, better than what I'm doing. I'm gonna take control of my situation. I'm not gonna sit here, I'm not gonna point fingers. And it's not just about white supremacy. It's not just about white supremacy. Some of us are still hanging on to suffering that from something someone did to us um, years ago. We're still hanging on to pain and suffering of something someone did to us and we can't grow, we can't heal. What we need to do is heal. We haven't ever healed. If you wanna be honest, we've never healed from the tra trauma of 246 plus years of slavery. We never healed from 12 years of reconstruction. We never healed from uh, black codes in 70 years of uh, Jim Crow segregation. We haven't healed from all the things that are going on the year after year after year, decade after decade of serial force displacement by way of redlining, by way of urban renewal, benign neglect, gentrification. We haven't healed from that. I understand that. But we can't sit up and ride it because it brings us nothing but anger, bitterness, uh, stress, uh, unhealthy living, shorter lifespans, and we don't get anything. We keep repeating the same cycle, not getting anywhere, training our children to be weak, training our children to feel hopeless, training our children to feel helpless. It's response. Our responsibility is to create a generation that does better than we do, but we can't do that if all they ever see us do is talking about how horrible it is and we can't get anything done. That's a thing called vicarious learned helplessness. Learned helplessness is when you try something over and over again and you can't get the results you want and you give up and you figure it's never going to be done. So in that sense, you're helpless to change a situation. Vicarious learned helplessness is when you're watching someone else try and they never get it done and you just automatically assume the helplessness that they have because you see it and you buy into their situation and their reality and you end up doing nothing. What I'm trying to get you to understand is you have a personal responsibility to yourself, to your creator, to your family, then to your people to rise up and be the best you can be. And you can't be that if all you consume is the negative stuff that's happening in this world because there are some positive things happening. And there are some of us that are doing some exceptional and extraordinary things that want to inspire you to do it, but you can't be sold out on trauma porn. Man, let somebody post something with us doing something stupid, with us fighting, with us shooting each other. Man, it goes viral quickly. I remember the video. I never watched it because I made myself a, a promise about five or six years ago that I wasn't going to watch any more snuff videos. I wasn't going to watch any more videos of cops shooting black men. I wasn't going to watch any more videos of black men shooting black men. I wasn't going to watch any more uh, videos of, uh, of violence, extreme violence. So when these videos come to me and I'm asked to uh, speak on them. I'm asked to take action. I'm asked to be a part of whatever's going on to deal with it. I have to take 
a collaborate uh, breakdown and some summation from a number of different people of what happened on that video because I'm not watching it. But what I can tell you is I can uh, I can tell you this: the video of the black woman walking up to the woman in New York. Uh, uh, it looks like she was at a restaurant or something, and shooting her in the back of the head went completely viral. Do you realize what that does to your psyche? Do you realize how that breaks you down? Do you realize that it it's counterproductive in the programming that you're trying to create in your brain and in your mind to get you to some place where you can do some exceptional, extraordinary things? Do you realize that you can literally train yourself to fail? You can train yourself to suffer. Do you realize that we have to be more intentional on what we consume? That what you consume is a part of your programming? Do you realize that that's what we need to be doing and focusing on? That's why I started putting positive videos on the Black Voice channel. Because I didn't want it to just be about, oh, whoa, it's me. Look at all the stuff that's going wrong. Look what needs to happen. We've had some, do you know how much trauma we have assumed indirectly? Because we're suffering. We have this in, uncanny ability more than any other race that I'm aware of to be empathetic. And so we assume the suffering of others that we relate to. And so we sit up there and we look. So, you know, some of us still haven't gotten over Trayvon Martin. Some of us still haven't gotten over uh, Mike Brown. I never, ever, I mean, I'm still devastated by Oscar Grant. That's the first time I ever saw a video of somebody being shot by a cop. You know, you read the stories of Amadou Diallo and, um, and some others. That was a major one in Houston in the uh, early '90s. Um, and you, you know, you um, you heard about them. You read about them. But that that was a video that actually played of this kid being handcuffed and laying on the ground, and the officer shooting him in the back while he was handcuffed, face down. And I never, I never. That just totally shifted me. And then there was one after another after that. Everything just started to become real live animated trauma right there, front and center. Guy goes around on Facebook shooting people, and it's front and center. My, my, my thing is we have to deal with the realities of what we're going through. Absolutely. We, I'm not about dancing around issues. We've got to take them on, but we've got to be in a position to take them on. We can't be in a position to fight the battle if all we ever see are the losses we take. If all I ever, if all, if all I'm ever able to consume in the way of stimuli and data that goes into my brain is black folks getting beat down, black folks suffering. Eventually my brain just takes it up and it makes the immediate calculation association instantly that I'm black. So if that's what it is for black people, it's what it is for me. And what I've been able to do and the success I've been able to obtain is I've been able to sustain and maintain my blackness and be unapologetically black. But I also understand that there are a bunch of black people who are extremely successful and they do it without selling out the black people. And that's what my goal has been. 
to not only be successful, but to show other people how to be successful. And then to get us in a place where we can raise up and the talented and empowered lift and empower the others. That's something I just had to drop on you. Um, so, so, I mean, so we've got to do better. We absolutely have to do better. Uh, yes, Kimberly, it's so important to guard your gates, especially your eyes and your ears. What's, what goes in is programming you, whether you realize it or not. You got a bunch of people, it's just entertainment. No, it's not just entertainment. If it goes into your subconscious, it's captured. Even if you're not listening to it directly, your brain has the ability to process. Your subconscious mind has the ability to process 400 billion bits of information per second. Mad crazy, but it does. There's nothing going on right now around you that it doesn't sense. And it's logging it. Your conscious might not catch it, but everything's going on. So you can have music playing in the background across the street while you're having a conversation. You're not even listening to the music. You couldn't even say what the song is, but your brain got it. It's it's the whole song is there. And if you get real good at being able to access your brain, you'll be able to recall the song word for word. That's how powerful the brain is. We don't use it the way we should because we've weakened ourselves. What I, what, what, what I want to do is I want to see us grow. That's that on that. Uh, as I get off, I want to remind you, hey, look, uh, December the 11th at noon Central Standard Time, we're popping off another live event. Uh, it's Make a Move live event. One of the, the, the second most in negatively impactful uh, thing that I see stopping people from becoming uh, greater, stronger, better in any area of life is lack of action. They won't take the move. Even if they believe they won't take the action, they're frozen. You can call it procrastination. You can call it stalling. You can call it inactivity. You call it a bunch of things, but it stops dreams dead in their track. It stops visions dead in their track. It stops growth dead in its tracks. We are going to have a make a move event. It's going to be similar to the event we did on purpose a few weeks ago. We had a blast. Uh, a lot of people got a lot out of it. I'm still getting emails from that one. Um, but the, the uh, link to sign up is in the description box. I love to have you guys there. Uh, click the link, sign up, come hang out with Doc. We're going to talk about the importance of action, but we're going to talk about how you set specific action, how you determine where it is you want to go, look at where you're at and how you set your course and you take that first step. The first step is so powerful. Let me tell you something. The first the first step is so powerful. Faith act. Faith. The first step is a representation of your faith. Your, your, the first step is saying, I don't even know exactly how this is going to work out, but it's going to work. I believe in it. I believe in myself. I believe in my purpose. I believe that this is where I'm supposed to be. So I'm going to move out here and I'm going to take this step. That When you take that first step, you activate providence. Divine providence starts to move. You start to meet people that have always been there, didn't know what they did, but they're the people you've always needed to move what you're trying to move, but you never took the step. So you never knew who they were. I'm telling you out of, out of experience, you've got to take the first step. You, you, you sit up and, and you look up and all of a sudden doors start to open that have always been there. And you wonder this, you have to activate it by taking action. You don't get anything by sitting still. You have to activate it by moving. I'm telling you what I'm talking about. I literally, when I had my, 
satellite office in Starbucks years ago. And I would sit up and there would be people that would walk in and they would notice me because I would be there every day. That's where I was working from, Starbucks. Um, And it was a huge Starbucks. At the time, I was living in Dallas and it was a huge Starbucks. They had 150 capacity. It was in Uptown, um, really West Village in the Uptown area of uh, Dallas. It's a huge Starbucks. So everybody's in People come to work there. Right. And so. The same people come in every day because it sits right underneath on the apartment building. There's a West Village number of residential areas all around. So everybody's flooding the place in the morning. So people come in and they notice you after a while and they start speaking. Very friendly people, regardless of race. And so what I found is it was really funny. That was something I was looking at doing. I was saying, man, I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it. I need to do this more. I need to do that more. I need to get a little bit more here done, blah, blah, blah. Then one day I said, man, forget it. I'm just finna lunch it today. I'm going all out, man. I'm not going to sit up and wait for everything to fall in place. I know better than that. And I mean, literally that day when I sit up there and hit that, hit that, hit that button to launch what I was going to do, which is just blown up now. And a part of what we're even talking about, immediately somebody came and said, hey, you know what? I always see you sitting here. You always got these books over here. What is it you do? Now, that person that spoke to me every day for probably eight months. The day I decide to take a step, they come in and guess what? They're the person who can help me. Same day, another person comes over. Hey, how you doing? You know, my name is so-and-so. I always see you in here. What do you do? I'm sitting up and I'm going, okay. He say, I have a friend and there you go. And and, and, and before you know it, I've got this thing going and connected and, and, and I'm still like, man, it's just going. The hand, I mean, the force of providence is waiting on you to take the first step. That's what this uh, event is about. It's not this Saturday, it's not tomorrow, but the following Saturday at noon Central Standard Time. We're going in there. It's going to be live. It's going to be interaction. So it's not just you listen, listening and talking. You can you can uh, ask questions. Uh, that's going to be a Q&A after, but you can ask questions doing. You can sit up and tell me what it is specifically you're trying to get to. I'm going to give you some great insight on that. And for the few of you who decide, hey, man, Doc, I want to take it a step further with you uh, after we get off of here, you can come work with me one-on-one for uh, a selected period of time to get you even further on the journey. But this, I just want you to sit there. I want you to come there and join in. Uh, unbelievable value uh, for what you're going to get. I deliver and I enjoy it, but this is something you got to do. You got to get out of that rut. You can't sit there and expect life to happen for you. And you're in that corner of comfort, not willing to step out and go after something. That's what it's about. It's about taking action. So go over there, click that link, sign up because there are some, let me leave you with this. Go sign up. Let me leave with this. You weren't designed for mediocrity. You weren't designed to be average. Average is a default of not doing anything, but what everybody else does. And we have so much that we focus on when we tend to look at those who are below average, that average has become something to aspire to. At least I'm not below average, but see, average says I'm where everybody else is and I'm not living up to my potential because in your potential, you're meant to stand out. 
Your potential is designed for you. Your gift is given to you to stand out, not to lord over anybody, not to pretend you're better than anybody, but to give an impact on this world that nobody else can give. Your purpose is yours. Your gift is yours. How it's going to be used is specifically uh, assigned to you. And you've got to step out of it and be who you were meant to be. The world is waiting on you to show up. The world is waiting on you to show up, but there's a force that will constantly remind you of who you used to be, where you come from, why you can't do something. Look at the odds that you're facing. Let me tell you, I face some odds. That same station that that Providence began to move was me coming out of the worst odds I've ever faced, being flat on my back but refusing to give up, smiling while other people were expecting me to fold because I could see beyond the moment because I knew there was something in me that circumstances couldn't break, that circumstances couldn't fold up. There was something inside of me bigger than the moment. And I took a hold of it and I walked into it and I said, round two, life. I won round three because I won round one. Life won round two. And here we are in round three. Let me tell you something. The world is waiting on you to be the best version of yourself. You have a place in this world. Well, if you live your life the way you're supposed to, you're going to leave an imprint that will speak of you long after you're gone. That's what we lose it. We get so caught up in instantaneous uh, gratification and, and immediate gratification and people saying how awesome we are that we lose sight that the biggest thing you can do is leave a legacy that outlives you. I don't want flash in the pan moments of popularity and fame. What I want is when I leave this place, people to be talking about the work I did 50 years from now, 100 years from now. I want ki my kids' great-grandkids and their great-grandkids to know that Pawpaw was a beast at it, that Pawpaw came into a world that was falling apart, and he refused to fold under the pressures of all the stuff that was going on, and he decided to just place his imprint on a small piece of it, but do it so emphatically that lives were changed. That's how powerful you are. But you can't sit there and not take a step. You've got to make a move. You've got to make a move. Don't sit there on that gift. Don't tuck that gift away. I dare you to rise up and be what you were meant to be. Yes, the Black Collective is going through some things. We've been going through it since we set ground here in the early uh, 16, uh, 1600s. And some would say before then. We've been going through it, but we still stand it because that's something special. But there has to come a time when we stop surviving our suffering and we start thriving in our gifts. There has to come a time when we stop whining, complaining about the bad man and the boogeyman. And we become so bad that the boogeyman breaks for it and runs. That's the force and power you have to rise up and stand in who you are. Not to dominate and do anything to anyone wrong, but to live in the truth and the power of who you are at a level that no one can stop you. 
It starts with yourself. I challenge you to live it. Sign up for that class. Show up ready to change your life because it takes that first step to see things change. You're not going to get to your destination in the first step. But what you will get is a clear understanding of something's different. It's amazing how God designed the universe to conspire on your behalf when you know how to execute faith. And I'm not talking from religion. I'm talking from action and observation. When you know how to execute faith, the universe will conspire on your behalf to bring you everything you desire because you're moving toward it. You're taking the action. You're refusing to fold. You're literally creating and writing a narrative that you're living out. It ain't nothing nobody else can do about it, but you got to take the step. On that note, look, I'm checking out of here. Live your life on full so that when you leave this place, you die on E. That's the commitment I made to myself. Wow. 20 years ago, I decided the life I was living was uh, not doing what I needed it to do. I was accumulating things. From the outside looking in, I, I, it, that wasn't a day that went by that someone was saying, man, I wish. But what they didn't understand is that three o'clock in the morning, I'm up. I'm unsettled. I'm unfulfilled. I'm having bouts of depression, living in a house I would never have dreamed I could live in. Cars parked in the driveway where I don't, I don't know which one I'm picking. I'm picking the drive in the morning. A closet bigger than most people's master bedroom with clothes that haven't been worn and I bought them a year ago. All of this stuff, just 20 years ago. Not even that. But I was unfulfilled. But then I woke up and said, you know what? Today it stops being about me and it starts being about my legacy. I'm going to have nice things. I'm going to do some nice things. I'm going to be able to enjoy life but my life is going to be about a legacy. It's going to be about touching lives. It's going to be about bringing people along and, and empowering people. It's going to be about leaving my imprint in this world. And I haven't regretted a day. It's been some tough roads, but I haven't regretted a day because every day I wake up with a chance to change somebody's life. <laughs> That's sweet. Come along for the ride. On that notice, on the nose, I'm out of here.